This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner is Charlie Daggs, okay? He was a middle manager at a manufacturing company. He wants to break free, and he won the $100 I give out every Monday. For your chance to win, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes right now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. This is episode 391. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll hear from Joe Hirkin. He already works with 3 million publishers, 100,000 of which have have paid him. Top Tribe, what is up this morning? You're gonna love our guest. Her name is Julie Fredrickson. She's the CEO and co-founder of Stowaway Cosmetics, a venture-backed makeup startup taking on the entrenched and heavily consolidated $60 billion beauty uh, industry here in the US. She has prior experience as a brand manager, both in-house at Ann Taylor and Equinox as an agency director with brands like Pepsi, Nike, Gap, and Michael Coors. Julie, are you ready to take us to the top? As ready as I'll ever be. All right, let's do this. So tell us what Stowaway Cosmetics is and how do you generate revenue? Sure. So Stowaway Cosmetics is right-sized cosmetics. What does that mean? It's makeup that women love in sizes they can carry and actually finish. It turns out 75% of women don't finish the cosmetics they buy, not just before they expire, but at all. So our products are designed to be mobile for busy women who want products that help them feel beautiful no matter where they are. So a quick way of thinking about us is we are cosmetics that are half the size and half the price of a typical prestige cosmetic. Got it. And walk us through kind of when you launched this thing. How many years ago was it and why'd you do it? So, you know, we're babies. We've only been launched 18 months now. And it was really a a long journey of both passion for developing great products and then learning all the tricks of the trade and leveraging some of the tricks we already knew to really run an effective e-commerce business. Mm -hmm. And what you said, you've raised capital. It's venture backed. How much have you raised? So we raised 1.5 million as our seed round. Was that on a note or equity? It was equity. We were priced and proud of it, too. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me why. Why are we proud of that? Well, so there is always that hope when you take a note uh, and leave it unpriced or have a cap um, that you'll be able to get a better valuation down the road. But the truth is, is you can price something and price it now. It gives you something to work from and gives you more stability because Mm -hmm. you never know when your next financing round is going to come. And you should always assume that you're on your own with the cash you have. Always treat it as the last money you'll ever get. Mm -hmm. So what were you guys able to negotiate in terms of valuation on that priced round? Oh, I'm certainly not going to tell you that. Why not? Because it's generally something that companies like to keep private, especially at an early stage. I know that there can be uh, a lot of braggadocio, as it were, on very high valuations for companies at later stage. That's why I, ta- that's why I try and tackle it. That's the exact reason. Mm-hmm. People read TechCrunch, they get into this stuff, and it brainwashes middle America and entrepreneurs into thinking they're not worth anything unless they go raise capital, which is just not the case. So I'm curious, uh, you don't have to give a direct number, but the reason I asked the question is to get more inside your brain in terms of how you thought about negotiating it and why you did. 
Well, so I tend to not think of these things as negotiations so much as there are prices that the market will bear. They fluctuate greatly. Uh, the prices that the market will bear now are about 50% lower than they were when we fundraised. Uh, but it's also very much a function of you don't want something too highly valued because then you can't live into your valuation. Exactly. Although that's less so at, less so at earlier stages, obviously. Um, but then you also want to give yourself room to grow if the company takes off uh, and you want to make sure that you have preserved as much optionality for yourself so that you either can take in cash or in some cases sell. So uh, I always recommend that people read Brad Feld's Venture Deals because it really helps you understand a lot of the different dynamics at play. Was found, did Foundry Group get in the round? Uh, so fun fact, uh, they are in the round, but they probably don't know it. So Jason Calacanis is syndicate. Uh, so they're an LP. Uh, Yes, so they're they're an LP, or at least Brad uh, uh, is in that capacity. Yeah. So top top drive. What that means is a lot of time, you know, this kind of world that's very small, right? And what happens is to diversify risk, people like Brad Feld or that maybe are, are great angel investors or manage their own fund will also put money into other syndicates, like what Jason Calcianis is doing. Who pro- and, and Jason led the round, Julie, and do you guys? Uh, no, he did not lead the round. Uh, although there's a little fun fact about um, it being a small world. I'm from Boulder, so Brad Feld is kind of hometown hero, yeah. and I you know think a lot of the Boulder tech community. Uh, so Jason did not lead uh, the round. Actually, Gary Vaynerchuk led the round. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, with Vayner Capital, uh, along with Metamorphic Ventures, which is a New York-based fund. Okay, that's going to be my headline for this episode. Why did Gary Vaynerchuk put millions into a woman's cosmetic brand? <laughs> so, that would be a great know, title. Gary sees trends farther out than anyone I know. And I think what was appealing to Gary in this case is that the beauty industry is heavily entrenched, heavily consolidated, and is selling a product that people don't finish. And it's very expensive to acquire customers again and again and again. I would rather acquire a customer that comes back and repeats. So one of the metrics we're most proud of is that 40% of our revenue last month came from repeat purchasing. And of that, 77% were repeat purchasing a product they finished. That's a statistic. I didn't know they finished. Because they're repurchasing a product that they've already bought. So say you buy a concealer and then four months down the road, you buy the exact same concealer. The chances of it being a lost concealer definitely exist, but it's most likely you finished the concealer, liked it, bought again. Now, this isn't an industry in which no one finishes anything. And the default behavior is launch a new product with, say, a fancy, extremely expensive celebrity. And that works really well if you're large and entrenched, but isn't really great for the consumer. So Gary really understands that brands are shifting to having more direct relationships, that they care about having repeat purchasing, that CRM really makes a big difference. And I think that Gary also saw in the brand the chance for someone to take on the incumbents that he has a lot of exposure to that. And Gary loves entrepreneurs. And I think he and I have a very similar belief system of how one works and what one should do when working on a startup, which is uh, you don't think about anything else. Yep. No, totally. Hey, so listen, Julie, I want to make sure we get to some uh, additional data points just because we only have 15 minutes together. So let's go into this eyeshadow palette, for example, which I love that you have kind of the metro card underneath it kind of signifying on the go for the on the go women. Right. So, and as you said, it's the size of a credit card, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Okay, great. So it's 25 bucks. That's what it's listed for, right? Yes. On the website. Walk us through kind of, kind of our, our margins. To this, do you have the same margins as Procter & Gamble? You know, what are your cost of goods sold typically on a $25 eyeshadow pack? 
Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, so the reason this pallet in particular is very interesting is one, most pallets actually typically weigh one to two pounds and are actually quadruple the size. So in this case, we've made something markedly smaller. The best selling pallet on the market is uh, the Urban Decay Naked Pallets, uh-huh. uh, and they range anywhere between $60 and $200. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in our case, you know, we're giving you something that's really effective for both your mobile life and a much better value. Now, that said, we're direct to consumer, so we're not giving a cut right now to Sephora. So our margins are markedly better than, say, a Procter & Gamble because of that. Okay. Now, that isn't to say that we'll never what sell is market- retail. Hey, Julie, hey, Julie, we're not yeah. experts kind of in this industry. What is markedly better? What is a gross margin that is markedly better than other industry giants? So if you go into the 10Ks uh, of these companies, they're looking at about 50% margin, whereas typically uh, when you're independent and don't necessarily need to leave room for these resellers, uh, your margins in cosmetics can get up to uh, 90%. So you're talking gross margin, correct? Not net margin? Well, obviously, it, it depends on what your costs are. We're a very small team. So, you know, net versus gross margin for us is... Uh operating a little differently because we are so early. Um, but that's actually, in this case, gross margin. Got it. 90% um, gross margin. So your costs are actually fairly little then. on It's only, it only cost you two bucks and 50 cents to, to produce this thing in your supply chain? Uh, it's a little bit more than that. I'm saying that on average, you're looking at 80 to 90 percent. We obviously have lower order volume. So there's a lot that goes into it. Believe me, I could talk about this all day, but just giving you sort of sense of averages. Yep. Yep. Uh, So that's also one reason we're really proud of our pricing, it being half the price, because you're paying an exorbitant amount for products that you don't finish, that these companies are getting incredible margin on. And that's just really unfair to the consumer, but is also not a sustainable business long term. It's only sustainable because they have a functional monopoly. That's really interesting. You really you keep mentioning this, and I you know I guess I will talk about it. And you keep mentioning you keep mentioning like almost like it's a sin that these go like unfinished. But like I'm like right now where I'm sitting, I see four different chapstick little things that I have, and I bought in different times. I didn't finish any of them. They're all just laying around. But your thesis, it sounds like, is on the fact that when people buy from your competitors, they don't finish the brand. Is that accurate? Well, the thesis is that you should have a choice as a consumer to carry cosmetics that make the most sense for your lifestyle. And increasingly, we live in mobile ways. And you may find a chapstick to be something that you don't mind not necessarily finishing because you're probably spending two or three bucks on it. But most women carry between six and seven products with them at any given time and own 40 cosmetics products so if you're buying those products and not finishing them not only are you wasting a ton of money but you're also weighing down your purse most women carry makeup with them and i think we'd all appreciate having a little bit more purse real estate for things that matter more yep well, <laughs> not I, to say I, that cosmetics don't i trust you i have no experience in this space <laughs> so i am like a lost dog here all right oh, wonderful julie well, which is <laughs> Which is actually quite normal. It's one thing we like to bring up is that men have no idea how acute this problem is because they don't carry purses. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm, I'm trying to just ask good <laughs> questions that will help our audience understand the world of physical products like this. Talk to us. Uh, what year did you launch the business in? Was it early, You said early 2016 or sorry, early 2015? Yes, February of 2015. And you just closed the 1.5 million in 2016? No, we closed that in August of 2014. 
So we oh, so closed around prior to launch. Yes. Well, when did you actually like your founders quit your jobs and you start fundraising? Was that early 2014? Yeah, I would say that would have been January, February of 2014. We that gave us then a full year of product development. Essentially, what we did is we did six months of product development to get something that we felt was production ready, fundraised and put it into production once we had the cash to do so. Got it. So, again, this I mean, I know you didn't want me to ask it, but you negotiated valuation. It sounds like pre sales. Did you just yes. use your guys's background and pedigree to come up with some valuation that made you happy or what? Well, yes, I have had an, a successful exit before, so I am somewhat of a known quantity. My first company was in the affiliate marketing space, uh, was one of actually the earliest um, we fo Which focused one? on. So it was called Couture. It was a publishing network of about 500 independent websites uh, focused on the luxury fashion and beauty space. Uh -huh. It was acquired by Pop Sugar to help monetize their shopping search engine shop style. Very uh, cool. So I've, I've made some people money in the past. What which did they is pay for helpful. it? What was the exit price? on that it's never been disclosed never when when did what year did that happen in this would have been 2007 so good timing on our part yeah that is good timing <laughs> okay very cool uh was gary an investor in that uh no i mean okay. this is long before i met i didn't know anyone that company had no investors i built it from the ground up with my co-founder we didn't take a dollar yep Okay, cool. So let's get, um, I, I, we kind of understand unit economics. We went through the eyeshadow one. We understand funding. We understand you know what you're talking about because of how articulate you are. Talk to us though about kind of like influence in the marketplace in terms of volumes of units you're kind of moving, right? How many, I guess over the past 18 months, how many individual items have you sold? Is it in the millions? We're not in the millions yet, okay. uh, though we have passed the um, 100,000 mark. Actually, That's with impressive. lipsticks is the first first product to uh, make that point. Uh, yeah, so we're, we've, we've definitely hit the market a little harder and faster than I think we anticipated, uh, which is always great news. It, it speaks to the fact that women are unsatisfied with the solutions currently on the market. Yep. So uh, just, just to be clear, you passed 100,000 units of lipstick sold at all your units together, though, all together. Have you passed half a million? You know, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to go with probably not. <laughs> okay. What do you, what do you, what do you measure on a monthly basis? Is it, is it unit volume? Is it average order size? Is it total revenue? What is it? So, you know, we've changed over time. And I think that is a function of the climate we're in. Initially, we were extremely focused on growth. Uh, we always wanted to be growing at least 30% month over month. And then the climate shifted and changed a little bit to the point where we saw, all right, the headwinds are coming. People are hunkering down. We should put more emphasis on being net zero burn, being sustainable, yep. getting to profitability, just in case things get bad. And then when things did get bad, we thought, oh, well, all right, you're prepared on the back. Yep. Yeah, because so, uh, it's not our first rodeo. We knew things were going to get bad. Uh, and I don't think we anticipated that things were going to get as bad. But now I think our focus is a little bit more on repeat purchasing and growing at a rate that we can comfortably sustain. So which we is no what longer... percentage month over month? So I think it's going to look more closely like 15 to 20. But keep in mind, this is because we don't spend anything on paid marketing whereas previously we were doing some degree of paid marketing and actually you know had a cac goal uh and now what was your cac goal when you spent it and and what was your actual cac well, so the cat goal was, can we pay this back on first order? Because uh, okay. that should always be your goal, um, which in our case, our average order value was 75, give or take, 75 which bucks. is uh, 
Yeah, so our goal was to have CAC be um, just because, you know, cost of doing business in the 40 to $50 range. And we never, ever surpassed that. So we always paid back on first order. How much did you Not spend? A- How much did you spend on those paid acquisition experiments? 100,000, 400 more? Oh, God, I wish that we'd had that kind of cash. No, some total, I would say we probably had spent maybe top of a uh, hundred thousand in total. You know, I don't actually know the number off the top of my head. But you're not doing frankly, that anymore. Stopped. You stopped. No, we, we stopped in January. Got it. Interesting. And, yet our growth is, and our growth has sustained itself. That's great. What is your current you're in the hundreds of thousands of units sold? Uh, this should this question will kind of reflect reorder rate, but how many individual women or, or buyers have used you guys at least once? Uh, I'm actually not comfortable giving out that number, uh, partially because I, I think it's not necessarily reflective of the health of the business. Why not? Um, well, because what we care about is slowly developing the repeat purchasing and the patterns there. And you can do a lot once you have that captive audience. Uh, cosmetics tend to focus a lot on getting as many women as possible and not building a relationship again and again and again. Keep in mind, this is based off of, say, the idea of a cack of 40 to $50. So let's just round it to 40 and knowing that I want to make a thousand bucks off of this woman over our lifetime. And that Mm -hmm. means having the best possible products and making sure that she feels as connected to the brand as possible. So those are kind of what we focus on, not a set number of customers. Fair fair enough. Let's, let's go there. Let's focus on that instead. So what uh, a reorder rate and repurchase rate is critical for the average woman that has used you uh, at least once, what percentage of them have come back for a second purchase? You said 40%. So obviously it depends on the cohort Um, of our most mature cohorts. So we look at cohorts in three month chunks, um, although we do chunk them out month by month uh, because it takes somewhere between three and six months for the average woman to finish our products. Yeah. Um, 90 days is the sum total average, but obviously we have people that are more minimalist. We have people that let's talk about your most mature. Let's talk about your best cohort. How how frequently are they buying? Our most mature cohort, which would be month one, has now gotten to the point where we're at 40% of them repurchasing and they're now on their third orders. Okay, so 40% of them have repurchased at least twice or they've repurchased once and they're currently using their second order and hopefully coming back for the third. Which one? So, it, again, it depends because there are different patterns for different women. So okay. that's why I'm saying that the average of this is that we have them at 40% of the first cohort, which is month one cohort, has made on average three purchases. So your general goal because of consumption rates of makeup is to get at least one reorder about every six months. If you see a cohort perform way less than that, red flags go up. If you beat that, you go get champagne. Functionally, yes. Uh, and, and it's okay that there is some variance in that because not all women have the same makeup preferences. So if something gets wildly off, clearly we haven't done our jobs. But, you know, not every woman needs to have the same routine. And it's our jobs to make sure that the merchandising assortment is available so that anyone, whether you're a minimalist or a maximalist, you'll find something that works for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, uh, this has been very valuable, Julie. People are going to want to follow your journey as you keep building Stowaway Cosmetics. Where can they connect with you personally online? So I'm on every social platform known to man. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Almost Media, at Stowaway is the company. Um, I'm actually relatively active on Anchor if people enjoy podcasts in the mini form. 
Uh, and uh, wait, wait, wait. What is? You... I have no idea what that is. What is that? Oh, I love Anchor. Um, it's uh, two minute podcasts for the unprofessional like myself. You can talk about anything. I'm pretty active there. You just go and leave uh, and like then... a two minute voice. It's like listen to your voicemail. It sounds like. Yeah, pretty much. It's a but ton they're of interesting. fun. interesting. Yeah, highly recommend them. <laughs> Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, and you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can see Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Folks, breaking news, we've added two capuchin monkeys that can sit at a computer, write a cold email, and close a deal better than most of your salespeople. They're gonna join the world's greatest business show on October 6th in Austin, Texas. In addition to these amazing monkeys, which you can't miss live on stage, you'll see tech billionaires battle, authors launch their books, startups go from bootstrap to billions live on stage. You don't want to miss it. Go to NathanLatka.com com forward slash Austin live to get your tickets now. They are almost sold out. We have so many people buying like Blake Allen, Timothy Delaforce. We're almost sold out. Go see the monkeys. Watch the billionaires. NathanLatka.com forward slash Austin live. Get your tickets right now. Good. Okay, good. We'll link to the show notes, guys, at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top three nine one. Again, forward slash the top Three nine one. All right, Julie, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Do you know what it's called? I don't actually. Oh, come on, it's time for the famous five. Are you ready? All right. Number one, give me your favorite business book. Five dysfunctions of a team. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Obviously, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's board member, investor, most cl- clearly reflects my philosophy, and the man podcasts like no other. You have three, five, or seven on your board. I'm curious. I actually don't know what that means. Do you, how many people are on your board? Do you, which a lot of people they oh, debate between even yes. and odd numbers of, of people to make sure there's not a split. Do you have three, five, or seven members? I'm assuming it's odd. Yeah, yeah, it's odd. Well, it's all. I mean, clearly, I'm odd. Uh, <laughs> we have a three percent board. Awesome, that's great. Okay, Gary V. Number three. What's your favorite online tool like HostGator? Uh, Google Apps. We have yep. a business intelligence dashboard that's run through Google Sheets using Zapier that integrates all of our business data. So we have a real-time look at what's going on. So Stripe sales data, CRM, NPS scores, Google Apps. That's It's great. amazing what you can do on them. Do you use anything in your inbox to do like prospecting or things like that? I use Yesware. Oh, Yesware. Great. That's great. Okay, number four. Yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? religiously oh that's good that's really good um okay next question are you i like to give context people julie because they listen and they go am i like julie or am i not like julie are you comfortable sharing your age so people can get timeline yeah by all means i'm 32 32 okay great and single married do you have kids uh i'm engaged no kids congrats that's exciting very cool thank you so last question take us back 12 years what do you wish your 20 year old self knew 
Uh, honestly, my 20-year-old self probably has better instincts than I do right now. Her inclination was work as many hours as humanly possible. I just don't have the stamina I did as a 20-year-old. <laughs> Anything from a kind of business perspective you wish that she knew that you thought might give you a head start? Don't be a jerk. I was definitely a little fuller uh, of my oats back in the day, and being kind costs you nothing. Hey, that's great, guys. You just heard it from Julie. Don't be a jerk. Being kind costs you nothing. She's launched. She's already had one successful exit. Now just raised 1.5 million bucks. Not just, but last year raised one or two years ago, raised 1.5 million bucks for Stowaway Cosmetics, where they have gross margins 20 to 30% higher than market. They're well over 100,000 units sold. Loads of customers coming on board. And most importantly, as she says, repurchasing at a very high rate. Julie, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed Julie today, go back and listen to Steve Cho yesterday. He might be the most successful info product marketer ever. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. The greatest business show on earth is coming to Austin, Texas on October 6th this year, featuring a big, big moment called Launch. We're gonna have influencers on stage launch a product, compete like heck to see who can sell the most in 60 minutes to their online audiences. You'll get to watch, see how they sell, see how they close, see how they get traffic, see how they use their list. It's gonna be unbelievable. Get your tickets now at nathanlatka.com forward slash Austin Live and see how you can walk the red carpet on the way in. That's nathanladka.com forward slash Austin live. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win a hundred bucks every Monday.